I never saw my father cry. I never saw my brothers cry. I don't think I saw any man in my family ever cry. Actually, that's not totally true. The only man I ever saw cry was my nana ji. When at the end of the summer holidays, my mother was about to leave for Delhi with five of her kids, all of us in tow. His voice would get thick and shake and there would be tears in his eyes. I used to marvel at his tears. Why was he so soft? And whether it was love that caused his pain. This is Deepa Narayan, social science researcher and host of What's a Man podcast, in which I explore masculinity based on interviews with over 250 educated middle and upper class boys and men in Delhi, Mumbai and other cities as well. And with special guests. My goal is simple, to open up the conversation about men and masculinity in a non-judgmental way with compassion and deep listening. Engage with us. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Hubhopper, Apple, Spotify. Many boys face huge pressures as parents push, praise and punish their sons to make them the kind of men who would make them proud. It is an intergenerational transfer of beautiful behaviors and values and damaging bad habits as well. One of the most subtle but damaging training of boys is to cut them off to become emotionally stunted, emotionally illiterate, emotional midgets. I don't say this lightly because it's now cool or fashionable to be a metro man who's in touch with his feelings, but because it inflicts huge pain and suffering on men and then on everyone else in their circles. Why? Because it's still men who dominate and lead in society, in politics and economy, so this pain radiates outwards. It permeates and structures everything around us. In this episode we explore men's emotional life and the consequences of being trained to be emotionally shut down. Many men long to express their full range of emotions including love and still be respected. The urgency to create safe spaces for men to be with other men, with women and across genders just to listen and to be heard, to excavate and reclaim their full humanity becomes self-evident. This episode has three segments. We first listen to the pattern of responses from the over 250 boys and men from the middle and upper classes. I then turn to my first guest, psychoanalyst Dr. Ashish Roy, and then to the wonderful comedian Neville Shah. We asked youth and men, what emotions are you comfortable expressing and what emotions not? So easily express kar pata hu to khushi jab koi cheez ki khushi hoti hai to bol deta papa maza aa gaya to bada mast hai khushi ho rahi hai I can easily express my happiness I can say things like I'm really happy today papa it's such a great day You're supposed to be happy but you have to be you know but uh, it just gets too much at times and it's very stressful Apologizing is okay for me 
I would say I would say joy, happiness, like which all comes on the positive side. Fathers, whether they're aware or not, are a boy's first and most important love and emotional model. Like little puppies, little boys look to their fathers and other adult men in the family to learn how to be a boy. We ask youth and men, what did you learn from your fathers about emotions? I never saw any of his emotions. All my emotional upbringing was from my mom. How was anger expressed in your family, or was it ever with your oh, father, my parents, your mother? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's pretty clear when they're angry. It was either an argument, a verbal argument, or it was not talking to each other. I realize the the latter is quite unhealthy, and it can lead to a lot of build up. His anger would be expressing reactions where he would be physically very uh, violent. In me, the idea of being physical violence uh, has completely gone. Like my emotions have been so violent that I have let myself. to destroy my own peace and mind and that's that i feel is even more worse than probably going out and breaking someone's head is what i feel that i have destroyed myself in that process i've hardly seen him cry this entire training of boys to become unfeeling armored stoic warrior men can be summed up in the meme men don't cry Let's start with General Panag whom you met in episode 2 who insisted that he and his sisters were treated equally and to a large extent they were but there were critical differences When you were growing up what kind of words or phrases or sayings did you hear as you were when you were a little boy Yes it was definitely don't be a cry baby uh, men don't uh, men men have to be strong don't be a sissy yeah. be brave my father used to tell me be brave he never told me don't be a sissy when the training to hold emotions tight is so tight young men struggle to release their emotions despite their intellectual beliefs on a scale of 1 to 10 would you say that a man crying is a sign of weakness or strength one being very weak and ten being very strong I guess I rated three because never ever in my life I have been applauded or I have been told something positive after I cry. Never ever, not even a single incident, and never ever I have seen someone else cry and like me going and saying him something positive. I haven't done that either to a fellow man who is crying. So I think. we have treated it as a sign of weakness and it continues to be so. i would give it a 10 you know if you can go ahead and cry it's actually a powerful thing let go of your emotions let's talk about men's anger this is one other emotion that is sometimes allowed tolerated even glorified anger is so much more manly than tears it's better than crying We celebrated Amitabh Bachchan for over a decade in movies as an angry young man, but we never had an Amitabh Bachchan series as a tearful young man. Anger is not definitely bad; it's just how it's expressed and against whom. We asked youth and men, "Do you know when you're angry, and are you able or allowed to express your anger?" Men express their anger 
more often than women why is that uh because i think uh, they never take a load of thinking twice or thrice before doing anything from childhood i was never never uh, ever told that uh, you cannot express your anger or you cannot be angry i was never told by anyone and today's time they just say that uh, okay he gets angry very fast and i think i take that as a compliment people are scared of me or the family is scared of me that i get angry very fast but uh, it was never said to me that you cannot show anger but in other families there's emotional flatness only happiness is allowed fathers don't openly express anger or may come down hard on boys and make it wrong this too is problematic and leads to anxiety and fear i actually have a i have a hard time differentiating between anger and sadness a little bit and i think anger is definitely one of the harder emotions for me to connect with and i sometimes i don't know what to do with it when i'm angry like obviously i cannot act out i can't scream or shout or i can't you know punch my fist through a wall i used to express my anger it's not something which i was allowed to but mm-hmm. you know the repercussions of that are pretty severe <laughs> mm-hmm. if you know what i mean so you get kickings if you show anger <laughs> Though men spoke at any length about happiness, men talked about the anger more than any other emotion. This too is telling about what emotion is permissible for men. Anger out of control and abuse, of course, are closely related. I used to like release my frustration in ways that were that were fairly destructive. I would say I don't know if my parents knew about like me getting into fights and all a lot, but like you know I. did used to express frustration about like stupid things uh ego tiffs and everything by like getting into fights full on fights like by like you know groups would start fighting each other we explored men's emotional life in many different ways so what emotions are the most difficult for you to express mm, there would be uh, grief and grief would be the most difficult one to express but when i see others like my friend or even like some of my family members cuz like uh, grief can be either on anger can be depression can be the most difficult one to express i think i generally feel uncomfortable expressing negative emotions in in really close relationships i am very bad at expressing fear i have realized that it's very hard for me to say the phrase i am scared The mythology is men feel no fear and they feel no pain. The cultural incentive of course is to hide and deny pain. So we asked men. On a scale of 1 to 10, do you hide your emotional pain or hurt or do you feel totally ease at expressing it? One being hiding and then being ease at expressing. One. I'll give it a 1. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's very hard for me to express, you know. I I always feel that I need to put a happy face. mostly it's because i don't want the other person to feel uneasy or you know feel uh, sad for me rather one are there emotions that you prefer to hide yes sometimes uh, i don't want to share some emotions because 
it almost uh, feels like um like a cry for attention there's such deep shame about feeling anything but happy that vulnerability becomes a dirty scary word many men we interviewed said there's no safe place where they can show their emotions without losing their respect at the moment uh, you are uh, showing some sort of weakness uh, emotionally uh, then you are not looked upon as a strong leader okay that leads a lot of people to fake masculinity my biggest fears are that uh, i don't want to be exposed completely but what do you mean when you say exposed everybody wears a mask in front of their mother he wears a different mask in front of his father he wears a different mask in front of his brother or niece or nephew like kids for everyone he wears a mask he want that mask to remain there always the moment that mask is removed he feels naked and all these feelings lurk in the body and psyche men trusted us enough to talk about some of their fears and anxieties what are your fears and anxieties if i cannot express the fear that i have inside me or the anxiety or any sort of like you know uh, uh high uh, high voltage emotions that are there if i have, don't have that space to express it i feel i have seen them manifesting into really ugly uh you know of uh, actions the biggest fear at this moment is that uh, i am little lonely at this moment there is a lot of tension within me of ending up being lonely and uh, that's where you know i am always it's almost like always on a lookout that where i can find companionship where i can find friendship where i can find a relationship which i can hold on to and uh, that's the biggest fear i have at this moment where do i belong what do i have that i bring or where do i fit in the world over men trying to live up to an image of a strong superman feel alone and isolated and for some this can be deadly Asking for help in this framework is admitting defeat, a weakness, a hole in the warrior's suit. Suicide rates are higher among men. And we know that men delay going to see doctors. Forget therapists. But despite knowing all this research, I was still surprised when articulate younger men who just finished saying how important it is to express emotions couldn't ask for help. How difficult or easy is it to ask for help on a scale of 1 to 10 with 1 being difficult and 10 being very easy? I'll give it a 2. I mean like if there's something emotional it's very hard for me to get help. I mean like or ask or tell people what I'm facing or anything like that. Um 2. How easy is it for you to ask for help? 1. I'll say so for like even when i ask for help i get very scared like i'm sorry that i need i'm disturbing someone like i'm bothering someone it's very difficult for me to ask for help i have been made to feel like i have to be exceptional at everything to the point where if i ask for help i'm no longer exceptional or great or even close to good what's a man masculinity podcast in india by deepa narayan 
Our partners are Hubhopper, the gender lab who work with adolescent boys and girls on gender awareness, Chup Circles, safe spaces for conversation, and Youth Ki Awaaz, the largest online platform for youth voices. This podcast is supported by the American Center New Delhi. The opinions presented in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the American Center or the US government. Our first guest is Dr. Ashish, a psychoanalyst, a therapist who teaches and has a clinical practice at Ambedkar University in Delhi. Welcome, Dr. Ashish. Is it common for men to be cut off from their emotions? Men who are in their adolescence or who are young, I'm not talking about men who are middle-aged or older. I think by and large they face the problem of being disconnected from their emotional selves. They face the problem of feeling very uh, meaningless in the world, having to be very productive, uh, having to do something which feels like an achievement, uh, having to perform without always having the inner resources to be able to do that. Uh, so I think there is that pressure. There's also a neglect of another part which is deeply emotional. And I think with that part, men really, they struggle and they wander, they get lost. And it's it's a connection with that part which at times, when it doesn't develop, it changes into many things such as rage or uh, manic activity or uh, narcissistic disturbances or just complete denial. So I think men require a space where they can collapse, they can have a breakdown, they don't have to always perform and pick themselves up. You're completely reframing breakdowns as something positive, that they can be transformational. They are transformation if you work at it. That's so important that it's okay to go into overwhelm occasionally and search for solutions and change. Why is it that men are so disconnected from their emotional selves? What's happening in the families? Yeah, I think that's a very good question uh, and a difficult question. I think uh, on the face of it, young men are privileged, although so much has changed. But there is a kind of a value which is still attached to being born as a man. So either men are very pampered, so they become very special but then other parts of themselves which are confused or which are depressed are not recognized and uh, or which feel vulnerable, which feel weak. And they have to always live up to the ideal of being perfect, of having all the answers, of, you know, being the one who's going to take charge of being a bread earner. So men are supposed to be so special and perfect and know-alls that they're not allowed to be vulnerable. Vulnerability has huge stigma. Let me come back to emotional selves. And you said we started off with that men are cut off from the emotional selves. What are the consequences of that? I think one of the consequences is a lot of rage uh, and a lot of panic and a lot of anxiety. Three things. And then in later stages, a lot of depression, a lot of rage because whenever somebody feels something and they don't know what they're feeling, their response is to get angry. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think anger is tolerated also a lot when men get angry but when women get angry Mm -hmm. it's a problem 
I think then men have to either some of them who are more sensitive don't deny the fact that they're going through something and they'll talk to someone but at times they try to numb themselves in various ways either they cut off from the emotions completely and they become very functional they start doing things mm-hmm. um and or they will numb themselves through intoxication uh so i think it's a struggle for a man to have a relationship with his emotional self and his own emotional self also is caught between at times an emotional self of the mother who may have been going through a lot mm-hmm. and the emotional self of a father who had abandoned his own emotional self so that uh, doesn't sound very helpful <laughs> yeah it doesn't sound helpful but that's the kind of a triangle right. where the son right. can be caught right and then he has to find his own way, way out Why is it easier for so many men to express anger but not other feelings? If you're allowed a healthy expression of anger in your family, mm-hmm. then uh, your relationship towards anger and towards authority is a lot better. But if you grow up in a family where you are supposed to be compliant and your parents are very very uh they have a very soft core and they don't want to get hurt so you start taking care of the parent and then you start doing other things with your anger mm. but you can't express it so that is definitely something which shapes a uh, man's anger but if they are disconnected from themselves which they don't have a language to express themselves mm. then anger becomes one way of expressing themselves a lot of times anger doesn't have a language it's enacted you know uh physically or in other ways it also becomes self destructive when you turn to alcohol and drugs i would say that the more men are disconnected from their emotional selves the higher is the really is the chance that they develop anger and aggression so basically you're saying that in a culture of male dominance and elevation anger is permissible but showing anxiety or sadness or depression or feeling low is not permitted because it breaks the image of strong tough men i would like to start with anxiety if that's okay i just feel like today we live in a world which is so hyper predictable that if you are driving on the road and google maps is not working you are in a state of anxiety or if you can't connect with someone you are in a state of anxiety people have panic attacks because of anxiety that is also something that happens with men who are completely cut off from their emotional self that just the fact that they have some feelings creates anxiety anger is a more evolved form of anxiety because then it's directed at someone so it's outside of yourself and it's more thinkable anxiety is really very primitive and unthinkable when people come with anxiety they're not able to tell you why they're anxious they're just anxious they're a nervous wreck whereas anger i feel is something that okay i'm angry because of some reasons it's more thinkable can be processed better uh depression is something which is quite intolerable today people don't like to feel depressed uh they like to feel happy all the time uh and when they are unable to feel depressed 
it often turns into aggression because aggression is more empowering in our society than depression is a man being aggressive is allowed in some ways a man having a breakdown is much worse i guess not allowed for some reason so can you talk a little bit about shame what role does shame play in men's lives because in india we're very uh, a lot of the way we raise kids is by shaming them right look kya kahenge and it's always auntie kya kahegi or what will papa say yeah i think uh, that's a horrible way to raise children and also that you say these things when the child is also going to believe what you say so uh, i think shame is firstly very very difficult to sense so in clinical work shame is one of the most difficult things to work with because shame doesn't it's a kind of a dark space that doesn't allow the person behind to reveal themselves exactly so uh one of the psychologists who was from america eric erickson mm-hmm. he said that shame is uh, a negative way of being conscious of yourself so whenever somebody feels shame they feel like running away from the situation they it creates a kind of a panic and an anxiety and they move away from it i think because the emotional self is so disconnected i think it becomes a shameful self uh in men it becomes a horrible experience to uh talk about it to accept it so there's a lot of denial mm-hmm. uh and also i think uh it creates a very uh deep depression which people at times don't acknowledge so somewhere shame is really dependent on maintaining a kind of an image that has to be very perfect you know crystal clear mm-hmm. with no chinks in the armor shame can be buried deep and keep a person stuck for a long time because looking at oneself is very scary so we've been talking about masculinity and there's a term toxic masculinity to you what does that mean i feel toxic masculinity in some ways uh, is a symptom of that divide that you are completely uh, dead in that in the feminine part of you let me take just one piece of it which is that the feminine part is dead in toxic masculinity yeah what what does that mean it means that you're deeply traumatized but you don't understand that trauma to have a language and to have a space to understand the trauma is not easy they are kind of intrinsically so vulnerable but uh, they just have no space to you know they want more and more power which is uh, being something very phallic so in a in a way what you're saying is that they act out because they're feeling so impotent on the inside they're claiming more and more power on the outside yeah that is one way of looking at it or the fact that uh, also that you are so threatened from the outside even as you try to get more and more power that uh, something within you keeps on shrinking that is so important even as men try to grasp more power on the outside what you're saying is that there's something inside them that shrinks more and more So can you talk a little bit about love we've talked about emotions and men being emotionally cut off and we've talked about power and aggression 
what happens to love with uh, an emotional cutoff and men's ability to fully experience love? Love is also got to do with either being aloof or either being very open and dependent. And I think when you are a child, you are very dependent. But the way your parent responds to you in some ways is a measure of how you're going to feel about your own dependence. So if your parent can sensitively attune themselves and see that, look, you were so dependent and make you feel safe about it, make you feel good. But if a parent turns away, that sense of dependence can be very traumatic. And I think in some ways in love, there's always a need to be close to someone who is dependent on you and also need to be dependent on the other person. And you only feel safe feeling dependent on certain people. So I think that uh, one's own relationship with dependence gets formed out of love. Safety, you also talk love, dependency, safety. Uh, I think when people have a good experience of dependence, it's easy for them to form relationships. And when people don't have a good experience with dependence, they keep on testing the other person, whether the other person is going to live up to their expectation and love is an enactment. So the way we act out in love is the way we want to be loved. We don't love say that is this an is enactment. Yeah, yeah so like if I do something enactment. for you, I would like the same to be done to me. That's how we tell the other person that this is how I like to be loved. You don't tell the other person verbally that this is how I like to be loved. So love is a gesture. Love is, uh, you know, it's an enactment. It's an, uh, yeah, you act it out. Uh, and of course, you also profess love verbally. But even that is an enactment. Right. And it gets more complicated when how you need love expressed is different from how your partner needs love expressed. Yeah, it does get right? complicated. Yeah, yeah. But then I think the human, deep human longing is for connection, right? Connection and love. Isn't that the deepest human longing? My discipline also tells me that the deepest human longing is also to show one's most difficult parts to somebody that you are close to and to see that the person hasn't gone away after you've shown them yeah. to that person. Uh, so I think that is also a deep human longing along with loving. That it, Can you love right, those parts of me which are really damaged, exactly. chaotic, messed up? So I would include that in love. Love means you accept me with all my warts and all my faults and all my non-ego enhancing parts. That's yeah. great to share, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, Ashish, I'm going to ask you the question I ask all my guests first. What are the first three words that come to your mind when you think of yourself as a man? Sure, sure. So, the first three words. D difficult to qualify it in three words, but being responsible for one's actions and thoughts. Incomplete without a woman. And... Uh, being in touch with the childlike part of oneself. Uh, I think the perspective that I have been trained and I have studied, uh, human beings are not either masculine or feminine, they're both. Every man has a feminine part and that is something that needs to be nurtured and that is something that requires a relationship 
which in our history and lineage gandhi preserved very well for us as a symbol and that is also the emotional part and that is also the part which makes him perhaps a lot more sensitive to the other gender i think the most spontaneous and the alive part of the human psyche comes from the part of you which feels like a child the part of you which is not burdened by what society thinks of you and the part of you which can be creative without inhibition and that always needs to be uh, nurtured inside what a wonderful way to end be responsible integrate the woman inside and retain a childlike wonder great well, thank you so much it's been a joy talking to you thank you thank you deepa thanks once again okay, okay. bye emotional connection is not a luxury good because without emotional connection there's only power and reclaiming the emotional self is thus absolutely critical to happiness it's the foundation of full humanity my second guest is neville shah a wonderful comedian a director actor and he has a full time day job as well In his show Stream for Sanity, Neville live streams to a large young audience to discuss their everyday issues from mental health, career, parents, mark. Neville was raised by a single mother after his parents got divorced. He was shamed and bullied in boarding school, and as a child he became a compulsive liar, and it continued. He could not stop till everything fell apart and he turned to therapy. Welcome Neville so glad you could join me thank you what does it mean to be a man to you i think you need to be happy uh, as a person as a human being and i think that in your pursuit of happiness uh, and once you understand what makes you happy and you achieve what you do i think you will be empathetic i think you will be uh, a good listener i think you will be a great value addition to society and the people around you um, and you will make the people in your life happier Beautiful. If you could undo one thing in your childhood which make you happier, what would that be? I wouldn't lie. I would stop lying. I would have not lied. How did that happen? I don't know. I think it was just uh, wanting to be accepted. Do you remember some of your lies? What what would you lie about? Anything, anything, anything that made it popular, anything that made me And was it at home or with friends or in school or everywhere? Everybody, everybody. So what took you to therapy? Why did you go to therapy? What Are, what happened? Dude, my life was in the gutter, bro. It's just like I think that it came to an I it became an impasse. Mom passed away and everything around me broke down. Everything around me broke down. And it was almost a this or that. Um it was um it was like that's the moment you're going to start getting better or you're not going to start getting better. I was going to lose people in my life that really mattered to me at that point. For 45 days I was in the hospital so I couldn't manage all the lying. that had been uh, done and all the damage that it had caused during that whole time why were you in hospital because my yeah. mom was in hospital for 45 days okay, okay. yeah before she passed away so and how old were you Neville then how when my mom passed away yeah uh, uh, mom passed away when i was 35 and it was soon after that that you had your breakdown everything was oh, uh, pretty much that in that in that little month of february the magical month of love uh where everything uh, broke down for me 
And was it easy for you? Was it an easy decision? How did you end up going? One of the findings that comes out very clearly from research is that when men are in trouble or they need help, they don't ask for help. Oh, no, no. I was... No, I didn't. I didn't. No, you didn't. No, no. I was a... The typical, that stupid, uh, uh, unempathetic, unsensible, like you just think you can live on testosterone your whole life. I was of the opinion that therapy didn't help. People who would go to therapy were weak-willed, didn't have any sense of it. I mean, how can you not control your own emotions? Um, uh, and, and what's really funny, one of the things that I have discovered in therapy is that I am actually only a firefighter as, as a personality. We don't do anything till the last minute. Uh, it doesn't matter how far the deadline is. Uh, so I think that, again, it was a firefighting thing. It was a, I have to do this, otherwise I'm going to lose some of the most important people in my uh, in my life. Has therapy helped you identify your emotions and work with your emotions? Because there's so much pressure on boys not to cry and be tough. Uh, my therapist calls me work in progress because I, I think I have the empathetic maturity of a teenager. Uh, while I may have the maturity and the knowledge and the physical physicality of of a 40-year-old, but I think that the only in the empathy department, which is I think the most key part when it comes to the emotional grind that you want to sort of talk about, uh, I think there I'm still a teenager. Uh, do I cry very easily? Yes, but not to real-life events. I cry to fictional things. I cry to on like movies I ball at TV shows I ball during movies I uh, uh, cry during books and uh, you know like some great lyric that's there when Dolly Parton sings Jolene and you're like Oof, like the pain and like you know yeah. um, a great piece of art in any form will move me a lot more than an actual real problem um, and I think that that's that's interesting yeah, that is very interesting. One of the other myths about men is that men don't feel pain. Oh no, I do. if I have to go for teeth cleaning, I get uh, <laughs> anesthesia done. I'm not lying about this. I, I don't know, me too. <laughs> I am the biggest wimp. I cannot handle pain. I mean, I get burnt a lot because I cook, but I am not macho in no... I'm I'm totally fine accepting that I'm terrible. I'm telling you when I get who who gets anesthesia when they get their teeth cleaned. So this whole concept yeah. of men don't feel pain and all I not for me. I feel. And then is there a lot of pressure on men also in this uh, not being able to express emotion and always being in power, always having authority and always being knowing like acting like they know everything? I think that there is a uh, absolutely uh, thing. I think we've all gone through it. I think that's also a virtue of just hormones and testosterone where uh, you sort of go through that feeling. A man only matures when a man actually goes through a real life tragedy. But it seems like that's when you sort of grow up. I became a little better as a person when my dad died. I became a lot better as a human being when my mom died. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know why it requires a man to experience personal loss to become slightly aware of what it is. But I think that that's needed. So let's talk about men's uh, anxieties and insecurities. From what you've, from your friends and what you've seen in life, how do men deal with their insecurities? Do they have a vocabulary to talk about it? Do they have a language? You mean among each other? 
Yeah, with each other. <laughs> Clearly, you've not. No. <laughs> no. Men don't talk to each other. There's no. I'm saying, like, some of my closest friends. No. I mean, men don't talk to each other at all. No way. Are you mad? I mean, uh, uh, I don't think we have a vocabulary for it. I mean, sure, there are some friends who I can sit and have a conversation with, but I just think that we're more comfortable with the opposite gender to talk about something like this. I think it's ludicrous to think that, um, that you're absolutely impenetrable and you're Superman, but uh, how we deal with the insecurities, uh, man up and break beer bottles, but uh, like I, I, my best friend and I talk once every two weeks on WhatsApp, which is, hey, what's up? Cool. What show? This. Okay. Sending image. Listen, did you watch the game? Ha 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 ha. That's, that's the level of conversation with my best friend who I've known since 2003. What makes you anxious? Anxiety is a state of being. Uh, my biggest anxiety thing is fear of the unknown. I have anticipatory anxiety like I don't know anybody who has anticipatory anxiety like I do. Situation that cannot be solved, uh, whether it's in my control or not in my control, all of these logical arguments make no sense to me, make no difference to me. Um, and I think it comes again from the whole like, you know, when you're lying there is going to be a consequence, you just don't know when the consequence is going to attack you. Uh, I think it comes from there. For me, anxiety cripples me. Like, I get tired, I get exhausted when it leaves my body. Uh, I'm extremely wired, I can't do anything. I'm Sometimes I'm crippled and funnily enough, I didn't even know I was an anxious person till I went to therapy. I just thought I was a hyper person. Like, you know, people used to keep telling me this thing of Neville, channel your energy, channel your energy, channel your energy. I didn't even know what the hell they're talking about. I think that I was always a hyper person. I was always an anxious person. I was always had anxiety. I think I only figured it out now. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm now slightly better with it. I know how to manage it. I know how to handle it. It's there. I can sense it. What is the one thing that you, which is always on your mind? Am I going to lose? Shit, I'm going to be caught. Oh, I'm an imposter. Oh no, I'm lying. Oh no. I, I just anxiety of like, it's, it's not going to work out. Any tips and tools for people from what you've learned about anxiety and managing anxiety? First thing is to identify it. Yeah. Very rarely will you identify the source uh, unless and until you're so in touch with yourself that you're Buddha himself. I know people who journal and things like that. I can't seem to journal uh, as efficiently. Uh, I mean, I sort of just keep telling myself that it's going to be okay. Um, I was on medication for it for a while, so I think that that's helped uh, me to understand what physically I need to do when I'm having a really bad panic attack or a really bad anxiety attack I watch something that's a comfort thing for me and that's always ne it's never going to be anything new uh, it's going to be something that I've watched 10 or 12 times I know that it's going to leave me satiated at the end of it uh, it's not going to disappoint me um and it's and it's West Wing in this case, right? So I'll just watch episodes of West Wing, and that normally helps me calm my anxiety down. Uh, and I will do an entire marathon. So I need to know that this piece, whatever it is that I'm watching, ends in the way that I know it ends. Uh, there's no surprise ending. There's like it, it just sort of gives me a sense of normalcy, I guess. It's predictability, familiarity that's so comforting. Do you think it's possible to raise boys to be emotionally smart? 
I know from my research that this training actually fights biology because research shows that boy babies are actually more emotionally sensitive. They cry more. They need more emotional connection with mothers and caretakers. But very early, parents start shutting down this emotional sensitivity. Yes, uh, I absolutely think it is possible. I think it's got to do with the kind of literature they read, the kind of music they listen to. I think the kind of art that they're surrounded by. Uh, I think art allows for expressionism, and the minute you express something or 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 feel someone's expressions, uh, I think you start to at least feel a certain way. You may not be able to describe it, but you feel it. I think art is a very important uh, part of a child's upbringing. Um, and I think uh, uh, for me it was books, right? Um, yeah. If you were to send a message to men from your life experiences so far, what would it be? It's too, too confusing a question. I think it's not a simple thing. I think it's a it's a paragraph. It's a. Um, I think I would like to tell my 22 year old self that it's going to be okay. Uh, because uh, when you're 22, I was in a shit storm. Like I was terrible uh, when I was 25, 26. I just didn't know where this was going. I didn't know. It turned out okay. I mean, I'm doing okay. It's not uh, the best. It's not the worst. I mean, I'm doing better than I thought I would be doing. And that's great. I, I think that there's this too much pressure to perform, which I think that it's not uh, it's not healthy. Uh, I think it's okay with being yourself. I don't think you need to conform to, um, you know, I need to be a certain type. I need to be a certain body type. Play to your strengths. Uh, be a little more sensitive to not just women. I mean, be sensitive to the situation and the environment and the world around you. Um, uh, be a little more empathetic. I think get a pet because I think that that softens every get a pet fuck that's it get a pet <laughs> I think that's a wonderful recommendation yeah get a pet because there immediately empathy will yeah. just it'll ooze out of you right the emotional valve opens up yeah yeah, yeah get a pet right. wonderful idea Thank you. you, Neville, for all your insights and all your Thank sharing. You. I know it will help others and it's inspiring to see you take yourself on and change. Trying. Thank you. Thanks, Neville. Enjoy your kitty cat. <laughs> Bye. No life is perfect, no parent is perfect, no man is perfect, no human being is perfect. For parents and teachers, there's one simple message. Boys need more emotional nurturing than girls, not less. For men, start the change, talk with each other. Join me in breaking open this conversation around emotional well-being, emotional literacy, emotional intelligence, your own and others, about anger, anxiety, depression and grief in homes and schools and colleges, workplaces and play spaces. Let's make it safe to talk about these things. Ask yourself and others this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how comfortable are you expressing your emotions? 1 is no comfort and 10 is totally comfortable and share with each other and us. In our next episode next week, we talk about father-son relations. Come and listen to what we've learned from our 250 interviews, a psychiatrist and a psychoanalyst. This is Deepa Narayan. 
Join me in slow conversation. Listen deeply. Share your stories with others and us. Do subscribe to our channel on Hubhopper, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts or wherever you are currently listening. Our website is whatsaman.com. You can reach Dr. Deepa Narayan at deepavop on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center New Delhi. The opinions, findings and conclusions stated are those of What's a Man, Masculinity in India and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. Our partners are Hubhopper, the Gender Lab, who work with adolescent boys and girls on gender awareness, Chup Circles, safe spaces for conversation and Youth Ki Awaaz, the largest online platform for youth voices.